Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Joe Oriani's podcast. My name is Joe Oriani. You can reach me at Joe Oriani Podcast at Yahoo.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Oriani Joe 3, or you can find me on Instagram. I don't know why, but there's someplace I am sure in this magic world. I think I have to get off that. Anyway, I have a, a couple of announcements to make. First of all, uh, I know in the past I've asked you all to subscribe. I don't think you guys realize that just hit the subscribe button is absolutely free. I need a lot of subscriptions if you don't want to send me any money. And I would appreciate just saying, hey, subscribe. Again, it is free. No obligation. Every time my podcast come on, you will receive a copy. Okay, next. I have a special guest here that I actually screwed up the interview last <laughs> week again. I haven't had to do that. And we are recording this time, which is a really good thing. Her name is Haley Jones. Uh, I had the information on her last time. I had it all wrong because she lies on her Facebook. <laughs> so we're going to try this again. Where were you born? I was born in Waxahachie, Texas. Where, where is that? Next to Dallas? Uh, yeah, 45 minutes outside of Dallas. Does it snow there? Um, yeah, it does, surprisingly. That's a stupid question, actually. Okay. <laughs> and it does rain and all the other good stuff. All right. You went to school there, I assume, right? Or you moved around a lot? Yeah. Um, I think right before I went into school is when my dad got into the military, so we ended up starting to move around then. Um, I spent most of my schooling in Georgia, though. How many bases did you move to? Um, we were stationed in Oklahoma, Germany, and then I think the last place we got stationed was in Georgia. And how was it to adapt? Um, a lot of the moving happened like when I was younger, so I don't remember a whole lot of it. I think we made it because we ended up in Fort Sill right after I was born, and then we were in Germany right around 2001, so like when I was like in kindergarten. So I didn't, I don't really have much memories of there, um, and then sometime in like two that like the end of 2001 early 2002 is when we started and when we moved back uh, to georgia and then we've been yeah. there ever since i was curious how it was to be mm -hmm. moving around and how like, people accept you it's like hey look i'm an army brat or navy brat whatever it may be uh, yeah. i know it's a little difficult for a child to move constantly and yeah friends do you have yeah. friends from back then oh no no um i think most of us like a lot of military kids end up moving about two years after like getting to one place so i don't think anybody kept in contact with anybody okay how was georgia um much like florida just a little less humid well, i don't know i had two <laughs> florida young ladies walk into the restaurant yesterday they were so cheerful and i said to them i thought only georgia only made peaches but you were very nice so yeah, i gave them a comp back in the compliment ah. <laughs> but it was humid you don't like the humidity no, I don't. I absolutely do not like humidity. Then what are you doing in Florida? I I honestly don't know. I don't. I like the area. I just don't like the weather. You still didn't answer my question. Then why are you in Florida? Oh, I'm just here to work for Disney. That that's mm -hmm. that's why the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> okay, that's your dream job working with Disney. What kind of schooling do you have? What kind of background? High school, college. Uh, so I have a degree in studio arts and I'm currently working towards a degree in business administration. Okay. Do you think it will help you with Disney? Definitely the business administration. Um, especially since I'm leaning towards like sort of like man management and leadership, because that's what I want to do with Disney is something in the field of management and leadership. Um, I think getting, because like I've already learned so much in like some of my classes about 
different like leadership techniques and what to keep in mind with management. So I think the degree will help a lot. Okay, let's talk about uh, learning management in the classroom. You do realize, and I'm sure you found out, that what you learned in that book is not exactly what you experienced outside. A hundred percent, for sure. Because like the book can only give you so much when it comes to management. Uh, like some of the practices that I've learned about won't exactly apply to, let's say, like Pizza Rizzo. Like there's just no way because we don't. First of all, we don't work in an office setting, and we really only primarily like. I don't know how far it goes up with like our leadership team, but like there's only so much that we do with the company. It's just like we are only focused on Pizza Rizzo. Do you find some of the things they taught you in school compared to real life work is it's not the way you really should handle situations or adjust anything? Um, I think there was one particular thing that I did learn about that I didn't think quite work that wouldn't really work in the real world. Um, and, I, and I think it's just because like a lot of the textbooks are like more focused on like, I think they were written, like, like in early 2000s. So, obviously, some of the information is a little outdated. So, but some of the practice definitely, I don't think they would quite line up in the real world. Yeah, I'm outdated, too, so don't feel bad. <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk about leadership management. It's something we touched on the last time. Uh, you got promoted to trainer. You were training people. How was that? Um. I love it. I love interacting with new people as they come in. Uh, I enjoy like making sure they have the tools set up so that they can, you know, be successful at uh, at um, work. Because a lot of like our old people, or well, not older people, but our veterans, our veterans at Pizza Rizzo's seem to like, you know, get really comfortable in what they're doing. So when new people come in, it's an opportunity to make sure you know everybody's coming in with this mindset of you know do a good job, work hard and stuff like that. Okay. If you train somebody and do you follow up maybe a month, month and a half later, see how they're doing, if they're doing it correctly, because I noticed that it's not done. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of just depends. Like I know when I'm like, like if I have the opportunity to kind of walk around and like see how people are uh, doing, that's usually when I can like talk to them and see how they're, like, they're doing in the position um, and see if like there's anything that I can correct right then and there. But there's not always the opportunity for me to do that, especially like prior to like becoming the coordinator, I'm stuck in X, Y, Z position. So like there isn't really, I don't have the, I didn't have the freedom to walk around to take a look. Do you think the coordinator should be walking around taking a look? They should be, yeah. Going into the dining room, chatting with the guest? Yeah, they should be, definitely. And here's the question, do they? Um, I know the answer. <laughs> I honestly don't know because I primarily spend a lot of my time in the kitchen anyway, so I don't really get to see what's happening too yeah. much on the counter yeah, or really, out in the dining you're room. Evading the, you're evading the question. I, it's not evade. I can't. Do you really, see honestly, them go out there talking to guests a lot, or they just stand there with that stupid iPad in their hand, as I tell Will? Well, as from what I can see, they're looking around, walking around, kind of communicating with guests, but I'm not sure, honestly. I don't go out into the dining room a whole lot myself. Okay. I don't see him doing it, so that's 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 just me. But anyway, all right, on to this. You became a coordinator. Why? Why did they promote you? Do you know? Did they say why? Now, we're talking basically just sections about leadership, so things that people may learn. Yeah, so um, I know that I had brought it up to them about wanting to go into coordinator. It wasn't something that they necessarily brought up to me. But uh, I know when we had the conversations in the beginning, um, there was like feedback and 
you know, they supported me on moving on forward with coordinators. So I feel like I had demonstrated what I needed to, to move into that position. And how are you adjusting to that? Um, well, right now, I think I'm not hundred percent sure because I've only had one shift outside of my training. Cause I just finished it last week. Um, I did pretty okay. I was on, I was a mid coordinator, so I did mostly allergies. Um, it was definitely a different experience to do it by myself than it was to have like another coordinator with me. Um, but I think I'm going to adjust just fine. Tomorrow is my first closing cord shift. So we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with people who don't, I know because you've been there a long time. Mm. You and I both have. And yeah. you get the, get the people that are setting their ways. Mm. I, I remember certain people, were, they're not there no more, some of them. But they were setting their ways and they were doing it not the way you trained them, mm. or they were taught or by the book. How would you deal with somebody like that? I mean, they can get really rough. Yeah, I've I, I definitely seen that. Um, the best way that I found for me to like deal with people like that is like just like have like a real one-on-one conversation and have them understand that you know this is the way we have to do it and understand why we do it that way. And unfortunately, sometimes you just kind of have to hope that they'll do it that way. I unfortunately don't have the power to make people do things the only thing that i can do is beyond that is escalate it to a leader but like i really want to like work towards making sure people will do what i ask them to do the first time instead of have to escalate it to a leader because there's like if i feel like if i build the correct relationship with those people then they'll just listen because you know we have that respect between one one another so then there isn't the need to escalate it okay because i always used to tell everybody that got promoted if you tell me to do something the answer is no but i would do it anyway so you know that's that's the way it went but yeah some some people are very stubborn now bring me back to leadership if you have an issue with somebody do you bring it to other coordinators to discuss what to do they help you they decide if you want to go to upper leadership or just say ah don't worry about it it's just just them so during my training, I definitely brought it up to other coordinators just so that I make sure that like I'm handling the situation correctly. I think beyond the future, if I can make the right call about what to do with the situation, then I probably wouldn't consult somebody. But it, I guess it kind of just depends on the situation, like how serious it is. Serious it is, then I would decide like if I need to get another coordinator or a leader involved. I know when you're there and you're in charge, you're overseeing about 32 people at once. They're all mm-hmm. spread out. Yeah. I see a lot of things wrong in the dining room. I don't see the coordinators go out there. No offense. You just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see leadership going out there that much. So uh, what would you do? And I see people standing around by, standing by the freezer, absolutely nothing, just talking to other coordinators. Mm-hmm. What do you plan to do to help make that a little bit more better? I, and I know you can't override people, but yeah. you insert yourself in the conversation. So how would you mm-hmm. do that? Um, so I have kind of been like trying to work on that because like, to me, it does bother me when I see people just kind of standing around doing nothing when there are other people who like like working their butts off doing who knows what. So um, what I've tried to do is like, you know, if I see somebody just standing around and they obviously don't have anything to do, I will find something that needs to be done, whether it be railroad or something needs to be sweeped, um, cardboard on the counter. I like to have people pre-stock the coolers like at like 2.30 when we're getting ready to close because there's always something somebody could be doing. So... I want to make sure that I'm not getting into that position where a lot of like, where I just have people coming up just wanting to talk so they don't have to do anything. Cause like, I know I personally like to stay busy 
And I know it helps other people a lot when we're like, if you find things to do like that. Okay. I told you before this interview started, the questions are going to be a little different, mm. a little rougher. Then I ask a question. Well, it's not hypothetical. Mm. I see that. <laughs> you have people that are friends with the coordinators. Mm. They stand around to absolutely nothing. They create problems and issues. What, what do you do in that case? Um, I think right now it's a little different, difficult for me to answer the question because I haven't like put myself in that or haven't been in that situation. Um, but I would like to think that the way that I would handle it is, um, I know like with, like right now with trainers, like if I see something, I would like to have a conversation about them to correct the behavior because we've always been taught, you know, we are supposed to set the example. So what kind of example are we setting when we do stuff like that? I would rather want to pull the coordinator aside first because they're the ones who are supposed to be doing the right thing. So definitely have a conversation with them first so that they can correct their behavior with their friends. And you wouldn't have a problem doing that? Um, I don't know because uh, like I mentioned last time, I have a really weird thing about confrontation and I know I have to get over it like being like in a leader position. Um, I'm trying to work on it like as it comes up, but I would hope that like with me trying to get through like my weird thing with confrontation that I would be able to do it. Okay. Then that brings me into the subject that we're going to touch on now. Uh, least but most important. I think people should know. You see me when I go to work, happy, go lucky, old guy, having fun. I told you I suffer from depression. I take pills with depression. Even though you not have told me specifically that you suffer from anything, anxiety, depression, or anything else. So I'm going to lay this burden on you. I know you suffer from something. Do you take anything healthy? Do you talk to people? Um, I have not. Um, I been trying to figure out how to get into therapy through the AAP program but it just it's not working out so like I'm just like trying to work through this like whatever's going on on my own like just completely on my own I would say that will not work yeah I, I'm figuring that it's not working I mean I'm managing at best but I do believe that there's like that I need more than just managing so you're just telling people working on their own get through it the anxiety the depression the I don't was you you giving? Oh no, 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 no. I don't usually share what's going on with me because I don't again, like I don't really get help. So and I that's not like something I want to tell people to do. It's like don't just ignore the problems, get help. So to avoid giving people this idea that you can manage it on your own, I don't talk about it. I when I try to when I leave the house for the majority of the part, I try to put on the happy face and, you know, project the image that everything is okay. And that's very brave of you, but I mm. know there are days that I can't do it until mm. I walk between them doors and then I get paid to put on a smile on the face. Right. I went to lunch with someone today and I was telling them that, you know, I suffer from depression. And the person looked at me and said, are you depressed now? They don't understand the turmoil mm. that goes inside you, the right. thoughts, the anxiety. What do you say? No, I'm not depressed right now. I mean, and that's an out loud lie. All right. So, uh, you have never told me you had problems or issues, but I can, oh, mm -hmm. I always seen it in your face. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very observant when it comes to that, and I worry about people. Mm -hmm. uh, I spoke to somebody one time, a, a cast member, about possibly committing suicide. I pulled them on mm -hmm. the side. 
So there are things that people see. And getting help really is really should be that easy. Just get you have medical, don't you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Psychiatrist and a good psychologist wouldn't help. And that's the way you talk to all your problems. I can't go to a psychologist anymore because I almost hit the last one. So they keep me in psychiatry. <laughs> They keep me in psychiatry. I don't give my pills. Shut me the hell up. <laughs> but I would strongly suggest you try something because I want mm. you to come back on here when things are real. Mm. Uh, like I told somebody on my last interview, don't bullshit me. I want real stuff, real feelings, and real thoughts. I want you to try, if you feel like it, to get whatever help you may necessary, and come back and tell us how to do it. Mm. We would all appreciate it. Because I'm sure there's people listening here, and they're so afraid to say, well, you know, I'm depressed. Mm. Well, you don't look depressed, but hell you know. Right. People don't know. We all have, and yes, we all have problems at home, or we're going a half or whatever, but that's not the issue. No matter how happy you are, you just feel like you want to cry. Right. And what do you do when you get like that? Um, it kind of just depends where I'm at. Um, I know sometimes I just have to let it out. So like if I'm obviously if I'm at home, I could just cry like there's nobody else around to see it. So but like um, I have had days where I felt like I needed to cry at work. And um, I initially started out just trying to push it down and ignore it. But uh, sometimes that just makes it worse. So I will excuse myself, take a quick 10-10, and go cry in the bathroom. And then I, once I've let it all out, I pull myself back together and I go back to work. What people don't understand, I think you and I do, when that episode hits so you want to cry, there is no rhyme or reason for any of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, have it, has it happened to you? Are you having a good time and all of a sudden, oh. Definitely. Yeah, I've, um, I know... Sometimes there's like small things that will trigger. Like I can feel it building inside, but like for like the beginning, it's like it's manageable. You don't have to acknowledge it, but like you start to notice it slowly starts to build up, and then you get to a point where you realize like there's there's something wrong, and I don't know what's going on. Um, I it hasn't happened too much like going on now, but like I know like even last year, like in like the like in like August September ish time. Like I was, it was really bad. Like it was hitting almost every single day going into work and it was getting hard to want to come to work. So I know that like, and there was like nothing in particular just going on with me. It just, it would not stop hitting. And I'm just, I could not figure out why. And you know, I'm sorry I put you in the spot to ask you about this. <laughs> as I said to you the last time, nobody knows. <laughs> not, not, they, if they can't figure it out, they're blind. <laughs> But, and I did, and I do appreciate you being brave enough to talk about this. It is not an easy thing. Me, I'm old enough, I don't care. Because, <laughs> you know, what happens is that it tends to put a label on you, and people are all screwed up. Right. I mean, I mean, nobody in the world would think I suffer from depression if they see me at work, period, singing Tinkle Wells and everything else. <laughs> so now, let's go back to leadership again. I, ha I have a question for you that's very important. A lot of people, Want to, and I've seen it at work. They want to become a trainer right away. They want, then they want a promotion. They want to go up and up and up. First of all, they're not qualified. And some of them get attitudes. They think they're better than most people when they come in. Mm -hmm. I was not allowed to be a trainer because I am too uh, obnoxious. So that's what I was told. So anyway, how do you, 
What do you, what advice would you give these people? Um, I think the best advice that I can give people who like want to move up to positions that can't quite recognize that they are not quite ready for those positions is they need to develop a sense of self-awareness. You need to be able to understand where your flaws lie, what's stopping you from moving forward and how to fix them. And you can't figure that out if you don't have any sort of self-awareness. Like if you can't check yourself and you always expect somebody else to check you and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to, then you definitely should not be in any sort of leadership position because you also have to have a sense of independence when it comes to leadership. If somebody's having to hold your hand through X, Y, and Z, then you're not going to make it as a leader or a trainer. Okay, and that brings me up to a scenario where two people got promoted to trainer. One person who felt like they deserved it more than them was very angry. As time went on, everybody knew that. And as time went on, despite that fact, that person is now a trainer who has made some mistakes but we all do. But that right. person is now a trainer. So jealousy rears his ugly head. Mm-hmm. How do you chop it off? Um, I think, again, it, it feeds back into the self-awareness thing. Because, like, I can kind of relate to that. Um, I know when uh, last year I had began talking about wanting to become a coordinator. And I did. I was comparing myself to other coordinators entirely too much. To the point where I felt like I had to change, like, everything about myself to fit this position when in reality it wasn't that it took me a little while to realize that I at that time was not ready to be a coordinator like there's just no ifs hands or buts about it I was not taking the steps forward that I needed to improve what I was doing at work in order to eventually take on this position so um I think with that they just you know sometimes need to check themselves like just forget about everybody else because that person's not what's stopping you from becoming a trainer or coordinator. It's yourself. So you really just need to stop looking at that. Um, I think the jealousy thing though, like I think a lot of people just think they deserve things right off the bat. Cause like, those are like, I've even heard like other conversations, not even just like trainer, but even sometimes in like coordinate positions where people felt like their work ethic is what wasn't stopping them from getting coordinated. It was some like weird outside force that was stopping them. Yeah, like me and my big mouth. So. <laughs> and that's true. That's what Denisha told me. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't conform. So anyway, the thing, the thing with that, I have found that the people who are jealous and eventually move up, they, they do so with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, and all you do by being jealous is hurting your fellow workers instead of being happy for them. It's supposed to be a family thing. Right. Sometimes I don't see that. And the coordinators, I don't know if, and I'm going to be interviewing a couple of them, I don't know if they're blind, dumb, or stupid in that order because they don't see what's in front of their faces. They always see me throwing lettuce in it with garbage. Yeah, why'd you do that for? Stop it, Josh. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't even by the damn can. So, I don't know what they deserve. See, what bothers me is... And I told this to Will, they just got that hand on that CDS and they don't know how to do it without the, that thing in their hands. Mm. They, they rely on that and I understand you use that for breaks, but you know, look around, listen, go to the different stations, 
talk to people. Walk in the dining room. God, that that's always bothered me. Mm. So don't don't sit there with that damn thing stuck in your hand, will you please? <laughs> I told him one time, you should just crazy glue it. Mm. And how you doing with the CDS? Um, break screwed it up yet? Everybody does. <laughs> I haven't had where like like I messed up breaks really bad. Um, I know a lot through my training. Well, especially like my last day of CDS training, we were. It was a really slow day, so a lot of people were getting their breaks way earlier than expected, but there was just nothing else that I could do. Like, there was no way to push them back, and it's like, I feel really bad when that happens, because I know from, like, being, like, a regular person, I don't like getting my breaks super late, but I also don't like getting it super late either, so it's just, you know, it is what happens sometimes, and it's like, seeing it on that end, it helps me understand things better, and I feel like then I can, like, communicate better with the cast and help them understand the position we're in as well. Okay, let me backtrack on that statement just a little bit that I just made about them being dumb, stupid, and blind, or whatever it was. Anyway, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, it's just an actual fact that's what it feels like. Yeah. I have seen a coordinators look at people doing the wrong thing and I'll say, work. I've seen coordinators hang out with people when they're supposed to be working, and if you yell, hey, they're doing that, well, it's just so-and-so. You know, mm. it's not training it's not leadership uh then i blame i go a little further up and i blame the leaders a they're not they're not doing their job because they, i don't i understand so, you know they're nice people ashley's great but mm. but what happens they tend to walk around and they only see maybe things that are wrong but they're worried about production mm. and i and, you know i understand that because we would kill them if the production is low Right. You're not supposed to be going out to them tables out in the dining room per email sent out by the proprietor and touch at least five of them a day. Talk to people. Because I know they don't. He knows they don't. Yet they say they do. So, you know, do you do that? Do you want to go out and talk to the guests? Or do you just want to hang out on the counter and watch? Um, I, I don't like talking to people. Yeah, I don't like talking to people. So I, I prefer to be like on the counter in the kitchen. I actually prefer to work with the cast versus like being guest interactive. Um, because I think our most valuable asset as a team is the cast. Like there, without the cast, there is no food. There is no guest interaction. Like they are, and I, I don't, I don't like to say they're, well, they are the most important part too pizza rizzo's because like i said without them there is no pizza rizzo okay so and that's fine i agree with you but here comes mm -hmm. a point that i'm going to bring up to you one of my pet peeves was the damn dining room mm -hmm. nobody ever go out there you're supposed to have a broom or a shovel a pail nobody carries it people mm -hmm. lean against the wall people disappear even even where i'm working now i told me that they put bracelets on them so we know where they are <laughs> like houdini they're gone the thing I can't understand is why at least once an hour a coordinator would walk out there and say, what, what's happening? You can see a lot if they look, mm -hmm. but they don't look. And those are big problems. You have 30 tables, 30 floors, people leaning against the thing, garbage is tiled up, or if you're relieving somebody and trash is high. Yeah. Uh, I got to that point that I will not do that. You don't do your job, I'm not doing it for you. Mm -hmm. How would you handle it? I mean, you know, it's it's an ever ongoing problem. Mm. Um, I know. One more thing before you say that. Yeah. I know you have a meeting. They have a meeting every morning at quarter to eleven. These people come in eleven o'clock and don't hear any of it. 
And don't right. tell me to read the board. No. no. <laughs> um, I don't know what they're going to do to address the whole, like, because, again, like, majority of the cast doesn't hear anything because they're not in pre-ship. So what is the point of pre-ship? It's the same 15, 20 people hearing the same information. And, like, it's only... Because they expect us to spread the word amongst our fellow cast members, and sometimes that doesn't happen. Like, whether it's a busy opening or if other people or people got like other things on their mind, it's not making its way around like they expected to. So, there should probably be a conversation with those people who come in at eleven o'clock, where like you know, just like a quick five minute thing, like as they're clocking in, like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what to keep in mind, and then boom, send them out. Uh, with the dining room thing, um, I hope to be different than the other coordinators what they're currently doing. I, I know during my training, when I would walk the dining room, I would see those things, people standing around talking, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that, that bothers me a lot because like, I'm here to work. You should be doing the same thing. Like there are people getting paid the same amount and you're doing nothing. Like, how is that fair to anybody? So, and I am also, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but there is like, I prefer things to run the way they're supposed to. Like, I don't want somebody to come into me like, hey, why does your dining room look like this? There's trash cans overflowing. Because then that makes me feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I hope that, like, as I do more in coordinating, I will be, like, you know, making sure everything's running the way that it's supposed to be doing. There's one person I used to, I know she still works to, lean up against the wall. And I used to tell her that was her spot when she was done, please wipe the wall down. I told her she used to make a good statue. <laughs> move. Those are the things that the coordinators can see that I can see make the move. And you have certain people with certain disabilities that really should be at someplace else, but they do their best as they can, but they need guidance. And I don't see yeah. it being given. Right. Not. So. Now my question before we get off, because the things tell me I ain't got much time. What is your goals? After becoming a coordinator, do you want to become a leader? Do you want to move up? Do you want to use your degree? What do you want to do? Um, well, right now, I, I would like to actually use my degree this time because I felt like I didn't really use the first one that I got. And I think it's partially just because, like, I finished my degree right before COVID happened. So when the world shut down, there wasn't really much for me to use it on. Um, but I would actually want to use all the knowledge that I've gained and all the hard work I put in to get this degree. Um, but right now, while I'm still in the process of getting the degree, I really have two things that I really want to do. I would like to continue to move up. If that is the next step is leadership, then I want to move into leadership. But I also really, uh, so I'm also GT trained. So I'm also working at Mama's. So I really enjoy learning about the complex as a whole and not just the operations of Pizza Rizzo. So I would really like to expand my knowledge of Disney in general. So as much as I can, like kind of bumping around in different operations and different lines of business to see how things operate, even like understanding what Will does as a proprietor and like what goes into leadership. So it's really, I would like to move up and learn is what I want to do. First of all, if Dwayne done it, you can do it. Second of all, as far as Will goes, he's, he's a nice proprietor, but he's got no hair. You sure you want to do that job? I don't I don't know about being a proprietor, but like I definitely want to at least understand what he does. I don't know if he understands sometimes. He gets so frustrated. But I think it's going to get better there because he had once told me for three months he was told to keep it quiet and time's up. So, you know, who knows what he's going to do. 
So what advice would you give to anyone either coming into Disney or just taking degrees and trying to learn? What would you tell um, them? I, hmm. I think the best advice that I could give somebody is to not worry about what other people are doing in the sense of don't compare yourself. Don't worry about what this other person doing and how far they're gone in their path. Because everybody's journey in life is different. Like mine clearly looks way different than yours and yours looks way different than mine. So there is no need to look at somebody else's journey as a X, Y, and Z of what you need to do. The most you can probably take out of somebody's life journey is advice and ideas about how to move yourself forward. Don't look to people for the answers. Look to them for guidance. Oh, thank you. Okay, uh, I want to thank you for coming again. Mm -hmm. We are hoping to have you back if I'm still doing this in about a year or two and see if anything changed, whether, you know, you reached out to people, if you got promoted to uh, Will's job and has no hair. <laughs> it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> so, Haley, again, thank you very much. And let the people know all they got to do is sit there for 30 minutes. It ain't that bad. Most of them don't have the issues that you and I talked about. So, they're just kids, basically. So yeah, tell everybody at work how simple it was. You can tell Ashley, hey, this was painful. Oh yeah, definitely let them all know. <laughs> she didn't want it to, she still wanted it. It was her idea. <laughs> all right, so thank you very much, and I do appreciate it, and thanks for having the time to share with me on Labor Day. Uh, Have no a good problem. one. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was Haley, ladies and gentlemen, and just a reminder that uh, people do have things going on in the world all people might not be the same or they aren't the same people suffer from different things me depression or some anxiety or whatever problem she has so I want to say that uh, it's important that people share their stories here on this podcast so that I am able to spread the word to whoever is listening and maybe it'll hit somebody uh, it's always good to learn about other people we're not the only person in the world you know so Everybody has a different background, different degrees, different ideas, different thoughts. So if you know anybody who has any of them above, contact me at J-O-E-O-R-I-A-N-I podcast at yahoo.com or again on Twitter, O-R-I-A-N-I-J-O-E-3. I'll be glad to take it into consideration. All right, have a good day and please don't forget to subscribe is free. Have a good one.